Macarena, que tu cuerpo es para dar la alegría y cosa buena. Dale a tu cuerpo alegría, Macarena. is Waffle On Podcast. And welcome to 2012, our first episode of Waffle On Podcast, or Waffle On Presents, as we are now kind of calling it. Uh, I'm Simon Reddings, and of course, I am joined, as usual, by the Hobbit himself, Mark C. Kelly. Word up, and I was going to swear straight away there, but I thought, I better, not start, I better start as I'm going on. <laughs> I was going to tell you to... Expletive deletive. Oh, oh boy, yeah, that's a, that would mean, uh, apart from uh, being called Waffle on Presents, would be uh, Waffle on Presents Explicit Tag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be <laughs> cool. So, uh, 2012, we are three years old. Mm. Well, not, not, not us personally. I mean, we're heading towards 40, but I mean, our podcast is three years old. Which is pretty amazing, really, when you think about it. It was only, remember, it was just, it was, just, you know, this was thought of in a passing conversation on one lunchtime. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know, and we still are having those same passive conversations. Exactly, we do this. <laughs> yeah, they're still the same ones, aren't we? We're doing it on Thursday, having a massive debate. I thought, well, there's all our podcast done. Then we get home, and we can never think of anything to talk about. Yeah, well, you know what I, what I am going to do is that if if I think we are getting into a, 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 a debate that that's you know suitable for waffle on, e.g., media related, whether it be uh, TV, films, books, comics, or anything like that, or then our, I am, I'm going to record it on the iPhone. Or our Thursday one, the merits of Michael K movies. <laughs> well, well, no then, no then, no then, no then, no then. Means that you have said the mighty words of Michael Caine, and uh, you know I think you should announce what uh, our, our uh, next episode is going to be. I mean, I know we're jumping the gun as we haven't even done this one yet, but uh, not knowing what we like, we're bound to forget at the end of the episode. So please do tell. Tell us what we are doing next uh, next month. After much cajoling, we are we are finally doing the man who would be king. We are indeed, and uh, it's going to be a monumental episode. That one is. Uh, I've got some clips already, but we are going to go. Uh, it's it's uh, as waffle is where we do tend to go off tangent. Obviously, we're bound to end up talking about Michael Caine, Sean Connery, and of course the uh, wonderful director John Hughes. And so, be prepared. Any comments you want to send us or thoughts, please do send it into Waffle on Podcast. Uh, what's the, what's the, <laughs> what's the email address? Wafflelogpodcast.gmail.com. Probably because of that, we never, you ever use it. No, so. that's, that's very rarely. You wouldn't email me about the Waffle Lung, would you just tell me? Oh, I know, exactly, yeah. And, and here's the mad thing as well. It's like your mobile phone. You never phone yourself, do you? Oh, I don't know. I still don't know my phone number. I only know the zero. That's the only number I know, isn't it? And, uh, so on to uh, on to um, this uh, month's uh, episode, or January's episode, or our first one, 2012. We're going to be talking about um, 1980s children's TV programs. Now, we casually put this up, well, in casually, we did it on purpose because that's the reason why we have a Facebook group, and uh, we got over 105 comments, uh, which which is a bit of a shock. <laughs> That's more than all the others added together, isn't it? I think it is. I mean, obviously, I'm in there as well, and we had some great, uh, great comments from uh, the, you know the members on there. Most, most notably, the the uh, the continuous ones was Mark McHugh, uh, um, 
our friend Patrick Stratford and uh, John Bunyan, uh, Daniel Vieira, Anthony James. And they all come up with uh, Anthony James, obviously, I'll be stood for him. He, he loves his 80s uh, TV programs. And some fantastic suggestions there are. But, of course, time uh, is of essence. So we obviously not did all of those. So we picked out our favourites that we do remember. And because uh, we remember talking about it at school, because we was in school in the 1980s. And uh, we might end up doing another one at the end of the year, depending how we how we feel. Should we crack on with our first one? Now, if you notice, we haven't played a theme tune, uh, purely for the fact that we're going to play a lot of theme God, tunes. Yeah. <laughs> these. And I think you said the other day, didn't you, that um, the reason why some of these stick out is because of the theme tune. Oh, it's, it, there's, there's, there's no, you know, there's that thing is that, the, that me, uh, music is really great for memory. There's a way of, you know, you can train your memory with music and smells, <laughs> and I think that that's what it is, isn't it? Without them, you wouldn't know. You could put dialogue out of them, and you, you wouldn't really know what they were, especially the cartoons. But oh, it's exactly. That, it's that Pretty theme tune, isn't it? I like the way that you say smells can uh, can trigger your memories, and it's probably the reason why we have such a good memory of Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean the red light district. No, no. no hopefully, there's not a smell around there because that wouldn't. I, I don't want to get into that. It's, it's, that's a slippery slope to go down, so we don't. Agree well, slippery, slippery is about the appropriate don't word. Don't put every meaning into every double entendre that I say. <laughs> okay, then. So let's talk about our first TV uh, TV program, and that is Nightmare. Okay, Nightmare. There's a theme tune there. Uh, always, a, always a good one. It's very now. Uh, Nightmare. This uh, this was created by Tim Child. Uh, number of series so far eight, and a number of episodes one hundred and twelve. I know. Originally broadcast from seventh of September nineteen eighty seven, and went through to the eleventh of November nineteen ninety four. The main star of this was Hugo Mayat, who played Treyguard, and uh, a couple of other people played it after he left. Um Cal, what's your what's your thoughts on um on Nightmare? Well, it was like one of them things where when it first come along onto the T V, it was the first time, time especially on the BBC what it was uh, on, ITV. Well I T well, sorry, ITV <laughs> with the British I was meant to say British T V there. That you'd saw um computer graphics yeah. Where you'd saw that green screen, because you'd saw it in movies, even though obviously we didn't know what it was, but you knew how it was some sort of projection. And that was the first time you thought, ooh, what an amazing program that was. And it was like, because that was about the time where we were all sort of getting into computer games as well, wasn't we? Yeah, definitely 987. I mean, the whole basis of it, for those people who may not have seen Nightmare, of course, is... Um, Obviously, and young kids, and it was young kids who were the contestants. You had, I think it was three kids in the dungeon in the castle with Treyguard, who's virtually the dungeon master, I think we may as well call him. And the, one of their other mates with a big helmet on with horns in basically what would be just an empty, an empty and room. Also, he had the worst, he had the worst part of the experience. Yeah, really, he, obviously, he? he's blind as well. He can't <laughs> see anything. And over that green room would have been projected the, well, basically a castle. And the three contestants would have to turn around and say, walk forward three paces, turn left, turn round, run, run, and all this, and collect an object and obviously be actors involved in this. 
and uh, he'd walk up to a character, they'd give him a message, they'd find the clue, and, and that's how they'd go and win the game. It was groundbreaking. There's no question about it, and I think it's one of those one of those programs that I really wanted to go on. It was, but uh, yeah, it was brilliant. But you always thought the kids were really, really middle class who were on there. You think, how the hell did you get on there? <laughs> it's because one, I, I suppose they were thinking to themselves, they don't someone. Yeah, could you imagine someone like Bill Bailey on there? You know, doing a doing a David play. Turn left. Yeah. Or or our own accents even. That's, that's what probably it is. Why. What Fascists. Fascist nightmare was. It, it's true. You think about it. You know, let's get into let's get into class war. Let's put class war in with nightmare. <laughs> They're not two things you'd think would go together, but it was. You used to think, well, what, my God, where are these kids? Obviously, don't need the prizes. But this was our jealousy from coming from a shithole. <laughs> there's not yes, nice exactly. there's not nice way of putting it our school we're quite grim in the 80s <laughs> well yeah to be fair and I, I've got this opinion it's a bit like um, you know when uh, this morning we're doing their, uh, that Richard and Judy thing where you'd phone up and you'd have to describe what was on TV yeah. uh, I came to the conclusion that if, if you sounded really thick that put you on yeah, so every time I phoned up to answer the question I put on the thickest accent I could possibly find <laughs> <laughs> Standard normal then. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> right that that, did you did you did you ever want to be on this program? I, I, always, I always thought that yeah, but not in the not in the helmet because I thought mm. it, you had such a you would have had such a miserable experience there because you would you're in the dark and listening to your annoying mates giving you bad. Uh, bad directions but if you took it off you would have been just in an empty room with loads of camera crews there it yeah. would have been really disappointing can I point out though that uh, you've been in my car numbers of times directing me into places and your direction is, is atrocious oh, it, it, so you'd be useless as one of the people oh, telling you which no, I think it was one of the things you just wanted to be a voyeur of it. and the, like, did they ever win anything at the end of it because I can never remember what, what happened at the end did they win a prize or did no. they what, what, I, have no idea. Did they just, I have no idea so it was take it was typical 80s budget constraints then taking part is all the prize you need you don't want to say to that balls no, <laughs> give me a Betamax video because that's what I wanted in the 80s really I wanted the VHS one just because I was ahead of you no, but, uh, 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 actually technically the Betamax is better but let's not get into that debate because I'm sure Anthony James uh, Sue would make a comment about that because I bet you he's a, I bet you he's a fan of Betamax I bet you he's I bet you any money is as well. I bet he's got a Betamax. I bet you. I bet, I bet you. I bet you any money. Dan Hughes has got a Betamax. Yeah, I bet you he has. I bet he's, he's going to have one. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know what other program I really wanted to be on? I, uh, I don't know what. Telly addicts. Yeah, I'll tell you what. That, we would have been very good at that. I would have thought. I used to watch that with me mum. You'd like to think. You'd like to think so. It's in what we do. <laughs> I, I should have hoped so. But the only thing is, you would have been in the. Would have to be with Noel Edmonds for an hour. Now that would have been hard work. <laughs> well, he wasn't too bad then, was he? I mean, now he just looks like he's. he's uh, he, he comes from Santa's elves, basically. Well, no, I, oh god, I, I don't get me into that debate. But I dislike Noel Edmonds. You know why, especially because <laughs> when he was a Radio One DJ, I read an interview with him in the nineties talking about his time at a radio DJ. And he said he hated music and didn't like music. He never had right. one record that was on his show. Now, from, to me, who loves music so much, you're thinking, I want to work as a DJ on Radio 1. And you didn't even, he used it as a stepping stone to do the Noel's house party. <laughs> Should be the other way, you bearded bandit. <laughs> right then, on to the next program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure um, we don't listen to it, mate. I don't think he listens to Waffle Up podcast. Oh no, no, I, I'm just, I'm just fully aware that you want to. You, yeah. <laughs> we only have an hour to do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't talk to me about uh, Mr. Uh, what's his name, uh, Mr. Blobby. That's just oh. Let's, let's, uh. let's, not, let's not mention him because there would be a podcast about Noel Edmonds. 
Actually, maybe that's going to be one uh, one for this year. Why is Noel Edmonds still on TV? <laughs> Why is he still alive? I oh, no, that's should, that's I think that's Waffle that's... Lunch should have a whip round to have him assassinated. <laughs> if he suddenly is found dead next month, then we know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right then, uh, next one. Danger Mouse. Okay, Danger Mouse, a uh, theme tune uh, there, Cal. Uh, the genre for this is espionage. It's a comedy. <laughs> Ironically. I don't know why I find that funny. I don't know. Laughing at your own script. <laughs> yeah. It's very pretentious. Uh, well, yeah, it's reasonable. Um, created by Brian Cosgrove and Mark Hall. So quite clearly, this is a Cosgrove Hall production. Sadly, Mark Hall died uh, recently. Quick nod out to Dan Hughes and his uh, obsession with Cosgrove Hall. I know he is. I remember um, he was on about that when we were on that. At the meetup, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We'll have to interview him for that and find out what he actually saw. Because I remember bits of his conversation, but generally we were... Well, the drunk at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it starred David Jason, Edward Kelsey, Terry Scott, and Brian Truman. There was ten series and eighty-nine episodes plus one on-air pilot. Uh, it was originally on ITV uh, with Channel Three over here in England uh, from twenty-eighth of September, nineteen eighty-one, to nineteenth of March, nineteen ninety-two. Cow. I just can't believe it, it, it ran that long. I think it was only about was it half an hour episodes? It wasn't. Yeah, was it? Well, they, it was half the an average hour. between. Around about twenty minutes. About five, twenty five, minutes. Twenty-five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No. It was. It was great because basically it was. It was the classic. What in Britain we're quite obsessed with spy stories, aren't we? Yeah. And different. You know, you got Jack. You know, from a very from Lord Flashheart from you know 150 years ago. What they call David Cameron in the Behind His Back. You know. What Lord Flashheart? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Are you saying that he's like Rick Mahal? Really, it's Lord Flashman. Oh, <laughs> Flashman. Lord Flashman was where Flashheart come from, but oh, that's what they all call okay. him Behind His Back. But anyway, so we've always had that spy story, and it was the classic spy story, really. But nice one, Clay. Like the beard. A, a mouse, danger mouse, yeah. is a sidekick who's Penfold. What was Penfold? Was, was he a mouse? Was he a mouse or a hamster? Oh, no, I think it was... Oh, he was a hamster or a gerbil, wasn't he? It's something like that, because he was a mouse, he was yeah, a hamster. Yeah, yeah. And it's just about him, and he's uh, basically James Bond and Spectre, but that was the, in charge of Spectre was Baron... Greenback, who was a big toad. Yeah, and they, their, their headquarters was underneath a post box, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it'd fly in, yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. And that was the strange thing as a kid. You watched it as a kid, and it all seemed really normal. Really normal, that, yeah, they had a flying car, yeah. uh, and they flew into the post box. Dangerous had an eye patch, which was never explained. No, it was. And I, I, so the one I think I'm now manning, because of the spin-off, what was Count Duckula, wasn't it? Count yeah, Duckula was in, was in it, wasn't followed, it? Uh, yeah, I believe so, yeah, and that followed afterwards. afterwards and that, that was mm. David Jason did the voice. That was another David Jason know? one, yeah, yeah. That went on for quite a while as well. Yeah, because that was a weird thing, because it was like a vegetarian vampire, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he was a vegetarian vampire, because we know he was creating uh, the Duckula realm. Um... Igor, the Igor character said to Nanny, go and get the blood, and she looked up and picked up the ketchup wagon, and that's the reason why I became a vegetarian. A vegetarian I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. It's on the opening credits, actually. Uh, I, I guess yeah. I haven't saw Kane Duckula for a long, well, long time. I was obsessed with Kane Duckula, but it was a good Cosmo Hall follow-up. Yeah, really that was, was sort of their, their last great, great thing, wasn't it? To me, yeah, I can I think. I kind of think so, yeah. that was in the big I think, I, think, I think maybe when we do part two of this, because uh, this is obviously part one, um, we'll do part two at the end of the year. Certainly not going to do it next week. Um, <laughs> and we'll explain why after we've talked about Dangerous. Um, 
I think we will do a Cosgrove Hall special just talking about what they've done because they are very influential in British, in Britain, British yeah. TV um, Danger Mates um, Cal the, the, the voice actors on this well this is where you're getting into pretty basic British comedy, comedy royalty aren't you for the snobs of comedy, possibly oh, yeah. no. But. Well, not David Jason, but especially Terry Scott. Mm. Terry Scott has been completely wiped out. He did, so he basically, you've got to explain it, if, to our American friends, he did a big comedy in for about 20 years called Terry in June. <laughs> and, you know, it wasn't cutting edge. <laughs> and it was completely the antithesis of all the comedy that was around. Remember, that was on the same time <laughs> as the young ones. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, not yeah. the nine o'clock news. But, as I said before, like Last of the Summer Wine and like um, uh, stuff like Are You Being Served, there is a place for that kind of comedy. And and uh, although I'm not, I'm not putting Last of the Summer Wine, because I know that means you have disagreements about Last of the Summer Wine, but... Um, Writing-wise, Terry and June performance-wise, is actually very, very good. It's on now, and because basically Terry and June, Terry and June was just about a suburban couple who's the Terry went to work for. He wanted you know, the to get up and the, he wanted to get up the ladder, up the lickety split, up the lickety split to go to great women. Uh, are we still fun? <laughs> um, he's he's sort of like uh, you know that that's all it is about them. And you watch it now, and you know what? Although yeah. it was filmed in the, uh, the early eighties, and maybe even later than that. Um, it years. still looks great it, it runs because, for years I mean I always every time I turn it on I see Terry and June there's always a scene where he's trying to put his, his, his armchair out in the garden and yeah. he's not working or something it, and it's, but, yeah. but his character acting is fantastic and Terry Scott was Terry Scott was brilliant he was, he was in some of the great carry-ons wasn't he like I said if American people don't really know who you unlikely yeah, yeah. they're going to go to the Netflix and download all they the like, stream well, down all Terry, Terry and June, June. No, but, happen, but if you do I mean one of the great British comedy, British comedy uh, institutions is and some of them are bad some of them are good are the carry-on films and I think Terry Scott appears in at least uh, you know uh, uh, well, one of the great Carrion the Kyber Carrion the Kyber Camping which although he's only well known for one scene with Barbara Windsor Lewis actually it's a very good film and it's very good with him because he's a, he's a try and trodden husband and then suddenly he, you know he turns to task and also one that we forgot to talk about the other day was Carrion Up the Jungle that's a really good one that is when he plays Tarzan no he's got one of the great double arm <laughs> Tarzans look at the, the do you think that do you think the monkey would come down if we give him a nut would you yeah. <laughs> It's a great because there's a lot of dirty stuff in Carry On. There really was, but we're not going to do a Carry On podcast. We talk about this. No, no, we don't no, like no, no, no. enough. Well, we like about four basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you saying about like there's very double entendre in in Danger Mouse. It's what you were saying that your dad and you'd you'd sit and watch watch Danger Mouse because it was the first one of um, comedies in which we yeah. also for the adults as well. Like as I said, the, like, I remember watching it with my dad, and my dad would be giggling at different points in me. I'm thinking, what's he laughing at? He obviously don't get it. Mm. But when you think about now, because he's probably about our age, my dad was at the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there was loads of, you know, the, America always had that with the Flintstones. That had loads of jokes for adults, didn't yeah, it? Definitely. The Jetsons. Yeah, yeah. It had loads of stuff like that. Then there was, you know, they've had that. We've never really had that. For, mm. It happens a lot now because everything's ironic. But that was the first I can think that come along like that. You feel, yeah, there was jokes. You watch it now, you think, oh, there's jokes about MI5, MI6. There's jokes about Margaret Thatcher. There's loads of jokes in there that are for adults. Yeah, definitely. So uh, that's our dungeon. Now, we should point out, some of you uh, may be looking at your iPod, your uh, <laughs> iPod Touch, uh, your MP3 player, your radio, anything else uh, that you listen to is good, Sean, and wondering why on earth does suddenly the sound sound different. The reason um, for this is the first part of the show, up to the uh, moment we played the Danger Mouse theme tune, was recorded over Skype. 
This is the third time we've recorded <laughs> this show um, because for some unknown reason Skype played up. Some of you who are Facebook uh, Facebook members, uh, hello, uh, will have seen my uh, total breakdown uh, <laughs> regarding this. No idea what's happened. Uh, truly did uh, screw up. Um, so we are now. Uh, well, how we should do this program sitting next to each other. But so you, so don't worry about your um, sound quality. So should we go on to our next uh, program? What are we here? Well, we are. We are going to talk about the mysterious cities of gold. It is the 16th century. From all over Europe, great ships sail west to conquer the new world, the Americas. The men eager to seek their fortune, to find new adventures in new lands. They long to cross uncharted seas and discover unknown countries, to find secret gold on a mountain trail high in the Andes. They dream of following the path of the setting sun that leads to El Dorado and the mysterious cities of gold. It was like there was a lot of them around that time. They'd be like epic. They'd like explain all the story in a song, wouldn't they? Where these days now, because of like Lost and everything, you just have like one second of theme tune. Then it was about five minutes. Mm. But you know, it, it, it sort of added to it. And when you were a kid, it was like, my God, this is epic, epic <laughs> scale. This is just because had a long song at the beginning. It is. And uh, this is the bit where I screw up all the words because uh, this is a Japanese and French oh, uh, collaboration. Um, it's a historical fantasy drama uh, directed by here we go Hisayaku Toliumu. At Tulumu and produced by Atsumi Yajoan. I apologise to our Japanese listeners, and we do have some. Uh, written by uh, Jean Chalapin, Bernard Delier. Delier, Delier. <laughs> Don't <laughs> laugh at that. That is a low joke to laugh at. <laughs> oh dear. It was a DIC audiovisual production. Um, it was original one, it was May the 1st, 1982, to February the 5th, 1983. There was only at uh, 39. Episodes. Come on, I'm going to read out um, the description from this, uh, copied from the computer, um, just for the fact so that our American listeners, who are bound to know what this is, uh, but also for some of us, because I needed a bit of a, a remembrance. And the reason why we put it in is because I do remember us talking about this at school a lot, quite a, school, a lot. It's, it was big, you know, like I said, it was, it was a big deal, mm. but, like you said, like everything, it's just completely gone out of my memory, what it was about. Yeah. 
Yeah, which is a bit, uh, a bit weird. So, Mysterious Cities of Gold, uh, otherwise known as uh, Le Mysterious as Cities d'Or, or Esteban Child of the Sun. Uh, the series premiered in Japan, as we said, on May the 1st, 1982, and ran for 39 episodes. Um, it was set in 1532, and the series followed the adventures of a young Spanish boy named Esteban, who joins a voyage to the New World in search of the lost cities of gold, and, of course, his father in 2007. A film version of this was announced by Movie Plus Group, but as of the moment, little is known of its status. Uh, Mr. Cities of Gold played not only in the United Kingdom, uh, but also in Australia and North America. Um, so it'd be interesting to, to know um, if it played elsewhere in the oh, United yes. States of America. Um, it, this was one of the first things I ever saw that, that kind of got me into Japanese-style animation with anime. Uh, which obviously led then on to uh, Akira and uh, well, see, it was Stranger, into manga, didn't it? Yeah, you, you, into manga. I think that, the thing is, you you know, you knew. That's why when you first saw manga, when it, you know we were watching it in the late eighties, mm, got mm. Akira's and, and Legend of the Overfiend were the ones we oh, first got. Into, you know, Jacques You know, and you watched them, and it didn't seem that strange because you'd had a history of watching all these things when we were. Yeah, younger. I, I think Legend of the Overfiend was purely bought because of the fact that it was the first time we'd actually heard that there was some kind of strange, almost like porn-style stuff in Legend. There's like a massive cock in it. There's right? a massive cock in it, and there's, there's no way it's it. There's there's a, lots of rape scenes in it. It's, it's, it's hardcore. It's, it's the nineteen, isn't it? It's the nineteen. Yeah, it's a first, yeah, yeah. Well, it's hentai, isn't it? Really. And he's kind of like, oh, although actually, I mean, very good, but now I don't own it anymore because it was on video. But no, it's one of the things you'd watch it and you'd, you'd watch it after you had no idea what went on in that film. No, it's just loads of things happening. Almost At least like, Akira had a story, didn't he? Yeah, it? Akira did, but we've, we've legend the everything. You almost feel like you let yourself down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my God, at least if you're going to get porn, at least get a proper porn. Yeah, Not bloody least, cartoon yeah. porn. That's a low, isn't it? <laughs> but it's uh, people, people like it. Uh, and I remember buying a, I've still got actually, I had to draw uh, manga. And I can ne- I've never been. I can draw. Uh, don't you start going into the world of filth? Uh, I can draw men perfectly fine. Not anything else. You see, I can, already, already, I can see this working. I'm not, I don't mean no that what you used to draw on my school books at <laughs> school or what I did on your art. Yeah, I might. Yeah, what you should see examples. Yeah, actually, that was a massive cock. Yeah, I don't want to think it is. I got past. I know you passed. You got to see. Where's the injustice in that? Um, but I, I can, I can, I've always been able to do male uh, uh, like facial features and hands and everything like that, and also the form. But I've never been, I've never very good at drawing the fit because all my female manga characters look like blokes. Yeah. So I bought loads of these books on how to draw the female, and they are very good. But <laughs> typical Japanese, they've all got in school girl uniforms. You think oh, that doesn't look good on your shelf, does it? You really don't. <laughs> so they're hidden, in, hidden in the loft, and I don't even think their wife knows where they um, But it's a very, uh, it's a real bold um, television series, I think, for children. Although I'm not, I'm not being pedantic for that, or I don't mean to insult yeah. anybody's intelligence. Because I think nowadays people are insulting children's TV. It's like what you brought up when, when we originally talked about this about Doctor Who. What about it? Oh, but that, you, that like people have been saying it's too complicated. Oh no, yeah. it, it, it's this idea, isn't there, that um, that a kid, you know, watch something complicated, and, and if they can't understand it, they don't get anything from it. It's a complete load of rubbish. This is. I watched two thousand and one when I was about six. Hmm. Now I didn't tickle what that was about, but I absolutely loved it, and it infected where I got into science fiction. When we first saw Star Star Wars, we don't get everything in Star Wars. No, no, you no. don't understand about the Force, and it could be a god in the. You don't get that, do you? No. And I think it's the same with Doctor Who or that, because there's no doubt when we watched this, there's a lot of the things we wouldn't have got about about colonialism and mm-hmm. you know, Mexicans being, you know, Spanish being in Mexico, El Dorado, and the madness of it. But you didn't. You watched it because of the big mechanical bird in it. 
It had yeah. loads of kids in it, and you don't think with a kid because you, you put yourself in yeah, that position. You associate yourself, yeah, but, you know, in an mm. adventure, and he was like, "Oh, that'd be brilliant being a kid and mm. uh, going on the, uh, you know, not the crusade, but you know, being a conquest <laughs> about being a conquistador, you know, yeah, being yeah, a kid." Yeah. There's been loads of things like that. There's a great. I, book I, I called, must admit, I don't think I would like to have been a kid during the crusades. No, no, you wouldn't, because <laughs> they would have killed you. Maybe the, 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 the program, yeah, but no, this this patronising thing that kids can't get complicated things. I thought, yes, they can. It makes them think. And, and that's the but thing. But there's, like, there's nothing like that on TV. Well, in England, anyway. Well, see, it's hard for me to say. And there must be somewhere. I, I don't know, personally. I mean, okay, my daughter's only two and a half years old, but um, as far as I've seen on television, there, there is nothing. Well, there's a lack there. of cartoons these days. There's a lack of cartoons. It's what, it's what we were saying about the old, um, you know, um, uh, Walt Disney versus um, uh, Warner Brothers. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like Tom and Jerry. I saw Tom and Jerry on it that long ago. My daughter sat down and absolutely loved it. Yeah. You know, and whether it's this thing of, oh, well, we can't really show a cartoon of somebody chasing around a mouth oh. with a hatchet. It's not going to happen. They're not going to be chasing around well, each other with hatchets. We, we, we talked about this, and the one that you think, like, that when you're a kid, you're like, your parents have put Disney on, mm. and you think, I want Warner Brothers on. Yeah, and that and, and you know I know we've got uh, so well, listen to us, you know he's a big fan of Disney. Oh, Al, yeah, and I'm not going to be as dispersed as well. The other one, but you'll never hear that because it's gone in the ether. It does. Uh, that was I'm, a not a, one. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Disney. I'm, I'm just really not. Mm. I find it way too wholesome. And you watch Warner Brothers as a kid, and it had that little bit of edge, edge to it, it didn't yeah. you? you? know, some of the heroes weren't. You mean mind, mindless violence? Yosemite Sam. Exactly, and, uh, yeah, Roadrunner, yeah, yeah. Roadrunner. Like there was hardcore and, violence, even though you understood. But again, it weren't violent. that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, that's that's what's been parodied on stuff like uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, yeah. Mask, not the one with Eric Stoltz, but no, the one with Jim Carrey. Which is there's something you really can joke about didn't, there. No, didn't somebody? Didn't somebody? Wasn't we talking about Mask saying you've got to go and see something? It's really good, and they hired it from Blockbuster or something, thinking it was the Jim Carrey one and it was the Eric Stoltz one. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. And they was going, I don't know what he was on about that. There weren't nothing funny that. And shares in it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very unusual. Um, so yeah, mysterious cities of gold. I'm sure there's loads of you out there, and I'm probably looking at you, uh, Dan Vieira from the Out of Range podcast, who, who probably may end up doing a special on Mysterious Cities of Gold I mean his monkey episode was, was really good and there's a reason why we haven't chosen certain uh, episodes for this is purely for the fact you can listen to him elsewhere and we do yeah. all three so uh, shall we go on to the next one Cal? go on then and this is Trapdoor somewhere in the dark and nasty regions where nobody goes stands an ancient castle deep within this dank and uninviting place lives Burke hello Overworked servant of the thing upstairs. But that's nothing compared to the horrors that lurk beneath the trap door. For there is always something down there in the dark waiting to come out. Uh, comic horror uh, there Cal it's a clay animation which I think is one of the best types of, uh, of uh, animation created by Terry Brain and Charlie Mills voiced by the wonderful uh, Willie Rushton there was only two series of this and 40 episodes in total lasting only five minutes each the original one on ITV ran from 1984 to 1986 yeah, uh, it's, yeah I think this is one of them things we appreciated this seems weird to say it when we got older yes because 
I, I think it, it was a cult when it come on and then it sort of we've talked about this before went into the heavy metal world didn't it yeah. a lot of heavy metal especially in British heavy metal talked about trapdoor mm. I always remember you'd see like a rocker and he'd have like uh, he'd have a motorhead thing and then he'd have trapdoor someone yeah, had yeah. like bony out of trapdoor yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or Burke on there yeah and, and that's what it was I think it was quite um, it was quite surreal in its own little way it was very simple wasn't it mm. it was very simply done one room yeah few objects in it yeah. and that was it because the animation weren't it weren't Wallace and Gromit well, I mean, no, because I mean, the um, the I think the mouth movements on Burke may have been done by um, you know, like pen kind of thing. Yeah. I think I'm a, I mean, it was. I've actually got this on DVD. I bought it under the pretense uh, from my daughter because yeah. uh, I played it on my iPhone too, and she really quite liked it. Quality of the DVD is a little bit sketchy, but there you go. But basically, the the, the story of Trapdoor is uh, in a big old castle uh, owned by the mysterious one, or he who must be obeyed. Mm. Um, his servant called Burke, who basically is a like a blue blob, um, yeah. and he's a caretaker. I never and, knew what he was. No, no, he was just a, a blob. Um, we've ha- with hands. Not the way zip is it? A bit little as the way zip is it? Burke's friends is Boney, who's just a skull. And a, a spider um, who's called Drut, I seem to remember. Mm-hmm. And there's this big trapdoor in his kitchen, and the only thing is, never open a trapdoor. Of course, that's the story. He always opens a trapdoor. Something escapes from the trapdoor, causes a little bit of mayhem for five minutes, and Burke uh, manages to get it away. This is another one act because it's voiced by Willie Wushton. It's like Mr. Men with Arthur Lowe. No one else can do it, no, and no. no one else should. I think they've tried it with Mr. Men, haven't they? Other people. Well, Jeffrey Palmer did the second series, and actually that wasn't too bad because you know if you think about Jeffrey Palmer's face, yeah. it's all saggy and yeah. she works quite well. Later editions of the Mr. Men, Mr. Men and Mrs. Men, mm. was done by John Alderton and Pauline Collins. Married couple there. Mrs. Men. Yeah, it's not the cup of tea. But Trapdoor is, is, is really, I really love it. I think it's great. It's another one of those ones as well that has a slight adult kind of, yeah. um, you know. And I, I said this to you the other day, which we, we can't play now because I don't have the sample. But he's, uh, if you look on YouTube, it's, I think it's the second episode of the first series. Um, Burke's trying to put up this shelf and something escapes from the trap door. And he hits it and he says, oh, I love a bit of bonking. Bonk, bonk, bonk. We love a bit of bonking. Now, for those outside of England, <laughs> bonking is another reference to really having sex. Because yeah. um, I found it really funny. Of course, no one else would, really. Um, it's a great little series. And again, like we say, what's really nice about Ardenham animation when they do Wallace and Gromit and Chicken One is that it's quite nice to see fingerprints on, on, on clay models it shows that kind of personal stuff to it they're sort of getting away from that a bit though now aren't they because they started using CGI haven't they because on um, there's that one um, Flushed Away that was all if there's a one called Flushed Away that looks like Clamation it's not it's not a CGI oh, they've no. got this studio now that can make it look like Clamation but that's yeah but you can still tell that it isn't it's not you're right not, you're not and I know they're on about because it's time consuming but I'd rather but, them spend but, four years on something for an hour it is time consuming yeah, isn't it than I mean, churn yeah. them out every other week that's yeah. what makes Wallace and Gromit so amazing because there's only been about five in in 20 years or something yeah. and that's what you love them so much yeah. Curse of the Were Rabbit is a perfect film Fantastic. on a Christmas it's a it as well. perfect film yeah. I think and then love <laughs> yeah. and time's gone into that yeah I was watching that the other day actually that's it's brilliant really, yeah. it's you brilliant. know I mean really with Wallace and Gromit as well when you look at how far they've come from the wrong trousers which is still a great now was wrong trousers the second the, one the first the, one no the Grand Day 8 Grand Day 8 was the first one you watch that it's still fantastic 
Well, the, the, the way he wins an Oscar, because that's yeah. why he wouldn't keep winning Oscars if it was crap. Do you know a story about? You know why? You know he was well known for wearing those crazy bow ties. Do you know the story behind that? No, no. When he got to the Oscars, he'd forgotten his bow tie. Uh-huh. So what he did was he got a napkin and made a bow tie out of it, and that's what he was wearing. That's yeah. why it looks like that's crazy. That's an interesting fact. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah. It's the only fact I got for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on to our next one, and this is going back to another, uh, uh, well, a little bit the opposite of the trapdoor. I say this is Ulysses. 
it's, it, it, yeah, again, another one where it was just immense, weren't it? When on Fridays, and <laughs> it, I do apologise if you've fallen asleep during that one. You could have had a cup of tea during. Oh that. no, that's it. <laughs> I can understand why they got away from doing five minute beginnings, <laughs> yeah. but and telling the story at the beginning or something like that. It's not too much, really, because uh, then they do it and then they'll have a catch up at the beginning as I well, thinking, yeah. I know what's happened from the very beginning. And, and I'll be totally honest with you, listeners. It's been that long since I captured these uh, theme tunes. I have no idea if there was an explanation. So if we're going to repeat it, skip on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this is uh, the genre is science fiction and fantasy. It's another animation created by Jean Chalapin and Nina Walmark, inspired by Homer's Odyssey. The voices of Matt Berman, Adrian Knight, uh, Annick Fallius, Kelly Richard, Howard Rispian, and someone else who I can't be bothered to explain. Uh, it was another France and Japan production. Twenty six episodes only. Twenty five minutes uh, running time. Uh, and it was originally broadcast on the October in Japan, obviously October the tenth, nineteen eighty one, to April the third, nineteen eighty two. Uh, here's the plot for this: um, uh, it's the struggles, <clears throat> the struggles of Ulysses and his crew against the divine entities that ruled the universe, the ancient gods from Greek mythology. The gods of Olympus are angered when Ulysses, commander of the giant spaceship Odyssey kills the giant Cyclops to save a group of enslaved children. Good man, mm. uh, including his son. Now Zeus sentences Ulysses he's not a very nice man is he Zeus sometimes sentences Ulysses to travel the universe with his crew frozen until he finds the kingdom of Hades at which point his crew will be revived and he will be able to return to Earth along the way they encounter numerous other famous figures from Greek mythology given though in a futuristic twist uh, Cal your thoughts on Ulysses 31 better yeah. than Mysterious I got yeah yeah it was yeah. Uh, um, quite a highbrow um, story when you've a synopsis of a thing, you know, to have Homer's Odyssey, mm. you know, you're talking with Greek philosophy. Mm. Yet again, as a kid, you watched it, I don't care because our mate Bamba is oh, really well, into it. Huge it's huge. A, I was really, I always got into the stories. Rubbish. No. Them stories are hardcore. My God, these are still studied by scholars. Mm. The Homer's, you know, in no, the not Ulysses 31. No, we're not, no. All that's insane. So, yeah. it, it, you know, you didn't get it all, but no. it was just. Mm, Kick ass, no, it? when you look at and 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 uh, stuff like uh, Oh Brother Where Art There, which of course is also yeah, and also there was a film uh, only recently, wasn't there as well, um, which I can't remember what it was now. But I mean, I, I used to read Greek mythology uh, when I was a kid, when I was literally ten years old. I didn't, I didn't match this to this at no. all, really. So as you say, like you know, you, you looking look- back on it now, of course, and watching now, you think it's like, oh yeah, you can look at it if you want. If mm. you know, I tell you, there's exact thing like that. You know, I'm a massive fan of um, a Hell's Angel series in America called Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, Sons of Anarchy has just started season four on, on Channel Five, America. That is Hamlet. That's right. what it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's Hamlet. It even said, "I'm going to put it Hamlet," but mm. you can watch it if you've got no idea what Shakespeare is, or you don't care about Hamlet and watch it. Yeah. And I think that's why these kind of things were good. They're dual level. That's sort of not mm. done anymore so much, is it? No. I mean, yeah, like we, we said that though, didn't we, about the prisoner? Where the prisoner is also one of those things where you can look at it yeah. as being a espionage spy being locked up because he knows so well, many secrets. Yeah, why did we like it when we? Why did we like it? Because of the punch ups. Because of Pat McGurn. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Pat McGurn. Oh, now, uh, our, our French, uh, French listener and French uh, our friend, uh, Adil, uh, has also been watching uh, your favourite uh, punch-up man, 
Lloyd Sinners. Ah, yes, the king of the punch-ups. <laughs> She's ups. been watching The Invaders, so I think uh, if we ah, do The Invaders yeah. uh, this year, we'll, we'll invite her on. Uh, yeah. because it, uh, I'm only interested in the fight, so you're yeah, going to have to do that It's one. brilliant, but <laughs> after six episodes of the same story and a punch-up at the end, you just get sick of it. Yeah. Thinking, do something else, <laughs> or just have a punch-up for an hour. Just have a punch-up. Yeah, so UFC 31, uh, you can, again, these are all available now on DVD. Um, just slightly dropping back to Dangerham, which I know is quite far away. Um, that box set of Dangerham is really still ex- quite expensive. Expensive. As all the other ones, there's a great website called uh, Ch- uh, Retro Children's TV, I think. And you get all these DVDs for like four ninety nine, three ninety nine. But Danger Man's is still about twenty four ninety nine. One of the things that I'd love to have, but well, will I actually watch it? Well, look how many episodes were ten series. Yeah, yeah, yeah but that's a lot of money to something you're not exactly, going to watch. Exactly, I'm not going to see that. I mean, I bought Mr. Ben. I've watched that twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. which we haven't. Well, that we did done. So, uh, should we talk about our next one? Well, this yeah. is one of your favourites, my friend. This is Around the World with Willie Fogg. Fogg, I'm the one who made the bet and I know we'll be exactly right on time. Fogg is my name, I like to play with my life in many ways, that's what they say. story must go on, cause a lot of time is gone, we must be ready to go away. Now I know for a fact, uh, uh, Mr. Kelly, that uh, you can sing the whole of that. I, I can, but I'm not going to do it now. Go on. No, I'm not. Oh, fair enough. But I can do it. <laughs> well, I'm enough, Jack Daniels, and I'll, I'll break that mother hubbard out. Oh, right. Okay, there we go. Show myself, uh, censored myself out. Uh, can you do Dog Daniels as well? Um, I used to be able to. The ones I can do all of is uh, Around the World with Willy Fogg. I mm. can do half. What? Could I, I reckon <laughs> if I put my mind to Willy Fogg, I probably could. I can do all the Muppet Babies. Right. Woody could do all the Muppet Babies. Yeah, no, 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 that is a classic for him, oh, yeah, yeah, the Muppet yeah. Babies. And I can also do um, uh, Ragged Dolls. <laughs> Birmingham Connection. It's not much of a, it's not much of a skill, I've got to be honest, not much of a skill set to have. While if we run out of subjects, we'll, we'll get to <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, this is obviously a random world of Willy Foggy's, uh, based on Jules Verne's uh, fantastic book, Around the World in 80 Days. Um, this was developed by Louis Ballester, directed by him, or her. <laughs> Uh, opening opening theme is actually called La Violette al Mundo de Willy Fogg and that uh, God that's quite interesting uh, in, comes from Spain obviously I was starting to mumble then because I, I wrote it I wrote the wrong word yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a Spanish uh, originally done in Spanish and there was only 26 episodes of uh, 
of this series from series one of course and it originally aired in 1983 on the BBC yeah I'm sure we got like a repeat of that didn't we we didn't watch it when we were 10 because we were at senior school when this was on wasn't it yeah I think yeah. we got it in about 86 or something you know, yeah, something that's like right. that. the uh, synopsis for this and I'll just read really this out is um, basically Around the World with Willy Fogg uh, is a cartoon adaptation of Around the World in 80 Days um, he was obviously doing in Spain now this is also uh, doing the same vein as BRB's Dog Tan in the Three Muscahans that's the reason why uh, mentioned that earlier on the, and also remember that one I told you about the one that was the other one that weren't put on in our country Sherlock Hound Sherlock Hound I know exactly I might have to try and find that Bamba's actually. got it oh has he got it yeah, yeah. oh right then uh, no point in asking to borrow it because he won't yeah. um, now the, the the little animals obviously in this uh, Willie is uh, Willie Fogg is uh, a lion does look like a lion though, does he? No. Like a grey lion, more like a panther lion. Yeah, I, yeah. Really? Uh, Ligadon, who otherwise knows Paspatu, is a lynx. And Romy, uh, the woman in that, is a panther. Now, you see, that, I think I got that slightly wrong because Willie Fogg does not look like. Oh, am I, am I getting this? Is my brain. Cause I'm sure he was greyish in colour. Yeah. I think, it, like I said, I think you'd jumble them up in your head between that and. Um, yeah, it's always me. It's like Willie Fogg and, and Doug Tanyon. Mm. I think you get them muddled up. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, no, I think you are right. Was he right? Now, in 2008, yeah. uh, it, it's been, it still remains really popular in Spain. And uh, in 2008, a uh, live action theatre show was done to celebrate his 23rd anniversary. I wouldn't like to have been there. I don't you know, you think it would be good. You're not really trippy as well. You'd tell me, that's a good job. Drugs to that one. Yeah, so basically, this was like the cartoon version of Around the World in 80 Days, in which Willie Fogg uh, takes a bet, goes around the world, and and, uh, and mainly tries to get Rigodon, otherwise known as Passapadu, out of trouble. A great television program that I, I, I distinctly remember getting excited about coming home from school. To go and watch. Yeah, so yeah, but did you ever get round to watch? Oh no, is it just always like your book of around the world's ninety days? <laughs> Never read it. Fuck off. <laughs> I did read that. I yeah. did. But it took me. Tell the to... listeners how long it took you to read around the world in eighty days book by Michael Palin. Say well, it. I bought it in nineteen eighty-eight. Was it eighty-nine? Eighty-nine, I think. And I finally finished reading it in. 2001. <laughs> 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 that's on time to read a book from a TV program. And the, and the, only, only, and the only reason why I did that was because uh, the uh, the girl I was going out with at the time went to Chile for about 80 days. So yeah. I, I, I came to the days down by reading. You took that book and loads of holidays and everything and never took it. Yeah, I did, I did enjoy that book. Probably that. actually went around the world. I think <laughs> so, it did. You know, actually yeah. thinking about it, I think it's it more travelled than you. It's like I've got a straw hat. that's more travelled than me because my mum's borrowed it. <laughs> oh right. Yeah, it's a bit more well travelled than me. A hat. <laughs> what does that say? Um, okay then so let's go on to the next one and uh, we're getting through these quite quickly and this is He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and the Masters of the Universe I am Adam Prince of Eternia defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull this is Cringer my fearless friend Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, By the power of Greystone, Ranger became the mighty battle cat, and I became He-Man. The most powerful man in the universe. Only three others share this secret. Our friends, the Sorceress, Man-at-Arms, and Orko. 
Together we defend Castle Greyskull from the evil forces of Skeletor. Action, adventure, and fantasy. Another animation here, directed by Hal Sutherland and with the voices of John Irwin, Linda Gary, Alan Oppenheimer, Lou Scheimer, and Eric Scheimer. And let's have a chat about He-Man. Uh, so <laughs> origin. You're doing the, the, the classic <laughs> the Skeletor. Yeah. Um, United States is where it comes from. There's, a, there's only two seasons or series and 130 episodes all running around about 22 minutes long uh, it was shown over here in Great Britain on ITV and it ran from September the 5th 1983 to December the 8th 1985 um, let's have a chat then about He-Man I just want to bring up this whole thing about what the hell's going on with Skeletor now Skeletor is great I'll catch you next time He-Man mm. but he was had a great fight well school one how did his hood stay up two where did the muscle come from? He's a well-built fella. Yeah, I always thought that. He couldn't imagine down the gym, because surely he's dead, isn't he? Well, and also... And what was it? What, what happens when he gets undressed? What? Or is he just a skull, like Ghost Rider? Because he's Ghost it? Rider, just a whole skeleton. Or is it just his head? That's a skull. <laughs> just a massive boner. I can't edit this, either, because he's got to go out tonight. Um... <laughs> no, that's a good point. It was just really, really on set of characters, weren't it? Like a person. Because there's no explanation. Because they're meant to be from another planet. They weren't Earthlings. No. Even though they were. Yeah. But He-Man. what's going on also, He-Man's hair. You know, yeah, my wife calls me. I look like Prince Adam. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't really. have any bad version of it. I know. Like, well, we've, only, we've had the muscles. Only the hair. Or the large sword. It's a love joke about genitalia. That one podcast. That's going to be our record so far. Explicit tag coming on. Yeah, okay. So Prince Adam, uh, he aloughs his magic sword and becomes He-Man. Now, right, Superman, he wears glasses and a suit and he's got a side part in. And he looks a little bit different. He does look a bit different. He looks a bit different, right? Sammy Batman wears a cow. Prince Adam looks exactly the exactly. He just <laughs> took his shirt off. And he's got that strange thing that. That leather bondage. That leather bondage. It's not like, a, bond, like, like a Castro kind of thing. He's, Castro got, clone. he's got a cat who's a bit cowardly and he becomes Battle Cat. Yeah. And he's got that kind of foxy she Yeah, right. And how could something cannot get bigger and then go back to being little? No. He stayed the same. Battle Cat, yeah, but Battle Cat just got had a, some armour on him. Yeah. I used to have the Battle Cat. Did you have many of Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had Castle Grayskull. Well. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the thing we could speak into. It give you a spooky voice, didn't it? Oh, I don't. Did really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember doing it. No, but, <laughs> it's too late now. Oh, Your mum's probably holding it out. Now, is it? No, Shiva was it. Was Shiva? That was Shiva. Princess of Power was like, a spin-off. Can I? Can I just turn around and say that when I was a kid, I quite fancied her. This is getting into the realms of Red Dwarf, where you Red fancy Dwarf. better, Will, better. Will, who would Will. you have, Wilbur Flintstone or Betty? Yeah, yeah. We all know she'll never leave Red. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, it was a, it was a fun thing. Now, now it was a great TV series. It really was. I think it was because right? you had the figures as well, didn't you? Yeah. I think that made a lot to do because basically, yet again, I can't remember what it was all about. Basically, have someone trying to. Well, it's good versus evil, and you had that bloke with the moustache who was she was dad or something. Oh, he was the um, yeah, because yeah, it was trap jaw. Well, nah. yeah, yeah, that's trap jaw. Yeah, he was the arm. He had the best stuff. He had a metal yeah, yeah, thing yeah. and he had all the weapons you oh, could put on his. Basically, end up losing them all. So yeah. I, had put, I had to put a cotton bud in there. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to try to set it flaming once, and my dad kicked it out of the. Oh, that's good. That's, that's Birmingham in the 80s. <laughs> is, that, is, that the same, is that the same image that you did with your, your lamp fan? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was MacGyver before MacGyver. Controlled by your video player. They were yeah. to put your video on. The flannel had come, come on yeah. and the light. Yeah, yeah. Which is all the way away in the summer. Yeah, but it was like that. Also, it executed me three times. <laughs> yeah, this was when I was messing around with things. Uh, let's just move swiftly on. Yeah, move this guy. No, but it was great. It was great. Well, it was great for the... It's kind of for you now. It is terrible. Because yeah, I have saw it recently. Yeah, yeah, it's it is terrible. Yeah. It's really bad animation, isn't it? It is, yeah, it is. Half hearted yeah. animation. Well, it's it? animation, isn't it? It's what they, they, they do with Scooby Doo where they just take the same scene that we use it. Remember that we used to watch like, that with Space Ghost? Remember? We got into Space Ghost. <laughs> it was Birdman. A lot later. A lot. Yeah, but it was, it was <laughs> terrible animation. Oh, it was it? atrocious. Absolutely terrible. I, I, have, I have a suspicion that Space Ghost was mainly influenced by a lot of drink and a lot of. Yeah, because I think it's a big thing, Space Ghost. A lot of it on um, YouTube. And Birdman. Basically the same thing. It was the same people he did, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Now, He-Man, of course, spawned off a film that you quite like. It's... Well, no, do you like it because it's a bit shit? Well, it's this thing of guilty pleasures. I I don't really agree with the term guilty pleasures because you can't be guilty of liking anything. If you like it, you like it. But if I had to pick a guilty pleasure in this world it would be the film I like it because I like Dolph Lundgren yeah I think Dolph Lundgren is a good actor great right and expendable he's a lot better than people to me he's a better actor than Stallone and Schwarzenegger oh, and he it's, always it's, was it's what you said as well he's a very yeah. intelligent he's man a, he's, got a, what, he's got a degree in chemical engineering <laughs> uh, but, but I think uh, yeah, again I think he was quite because he did Ivan Drago people always assumed him as Ivan yeah, Drago even though he, even though that's ridiculous film isn't it because he's punching that thing he's giving him all them drugs and it's like punching through a steel wall or yeah, something yeah, yeah. then when he hits him nothing. when he hits Rocky nothing happens yeah but you know why because Rocky was working out in the woods is that what he's, he's the is woods. that the one where he's chasing the chickens thing does that, the, that last one he does show. that in everyone Really, really rubbish thing. No, it's that way he's going for the snow in and he's got the lock on his oh, back yeah, and he grows, it, yeah. he grows a beard. And basically, yeah. he goes to the oven dryer. This is having basically steroids pumped into his hands and he's punching yeah, and some it, kind yeah. of weird thing. Me too, yeah. What's mm. that got to do with it? Anyway, that's not Well, because, because he was in the film. No, but, no, it's a good. It's, you know, I've never seen it. It's. It's, I'll tell you what, it's that classic thing what they used to do in the 80s all the while, mm. where if you had a scenario from another planet or any dimension, they'd always end up on Earth in the 1980s. Yeah. It'd be a heavy metal soundtrack. Oh, really? Yeah, so it, half of it's good, you know, uh, what's the planet called? Is it, um, I guess, Endor then? No. Endor in the oh, it's what? at the beginning of the theme tune. Yeah, sure. anyway, on that planet, and you think, oh, this is good. They're all having this big battle, and He Man's been, but but it doesn't do the Prince Adam thing in the thing. Oh, doesn't it? He's just He Man all the while. Because right. there's no way. They can... <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's a big camp, innit? Yeah, he ain't got his he ain't got his bondage gear on. You know, he's got that. And then it goes there. <laughs> oh, he's bonded. Now, what's Skeletor like? Is Skeletor like um, he's in? He, the, yeah, he's know. not in it loads because mainly it's evil in. Oh, it's evil well, link. that's a bit the beginning is that, is that purely because of the fact they couldn't quite figure out how to do a score I think basically it cost too much money mm. and it was a really like but I mean there must be fans of it out there it's it's so yeah. bad it's good isn't it do you think you know Flash Gordon the, the film yeah right, you know um, what's his name he was in Department X Jason Wind Wingard yeah. you know he's carried out with the, the, the mask the, 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 oh, that's a good point do you think that's a bit of an inspiration for, for He-Man do you think yeah, because Flash like, Gordon's in the twenties, wasn't it? Yeah, Flash Gordon's nineteen eighty, and, and this came out in eighty three. Because if it's similar, isn't it? Skeletor, you, you think that they could have got away with that? Let's not talk about. Let's not talk about Peter Wingard. No, no, no. Does that because no? Look it up. I need to know. Bang to, don't bang to rights, but yeah, that's all you need to know about it. Yeah. If you want, just Google him. You'll see all that. Yeah, yeah. He's a strange argument. I, mean, I, I think he was at one of the movies. Is he still Oh, I don't know. Not too sure. Mm. We got to our next uh, geek. Yeah. Anyway, that's a little. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's okay, so uh, yeah, uh, our next one, totally the opposite of He-Man. Kel, this is Supergra. 
The uh, full version there, the single version, uh, is performed by uh, Billy Connolly. And this was created by Forrest Wilson and written by Jenny McDade and starred, and I do apologise to our Scottish listeners, uh, especially you, Patrick, please let us know if I've said this wrong, Gudlin Yur and Ian Cuthbertson, Bill Shine, Alan Snell, Brian Lewis. It was narrated by Bill McAllister, who was the reporter. Uh, that theme music course was done by Phil Coulter and the brilliant, the big Ian himself, Billy Connolly. There was two series, 27 episodes uh, in total. It was broadcast on ITV, which I thought was BBC One, apparently, but it's on ITV. No, I remember it was on a Sunday, was it? It was yeah, on a Sunday uh, afternoon. Yeah, I'm not... Yeah, you said that. I'm yeah, it sure. was on oh, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I remember it. I'm sure broadcast it between uh, January the 20th, 1985 to May the 31st, 1987. Uh, Super Grand uh, basically is a, a Scottish lady who's very old, obviously she's a granny, who has uh, superpowers and went around uh, solving uh, crime, uh, mainly against her arch nemesis, the Scunner Campbell. Um, you didn't like this, did you? No, I couldn't. But you love the theme tune. I like the theme tune, <laughs> and uh, you know... And it's very interesting that you're saying, what are the baddie called? Scunner Campbell. Scunner Campbell. Because C- uh, Campbell's, uh, he's in Scotland. He's, in his, he's, he's a bit of a, a, bit of a cuss, really. Because oh, really? the Campbell clan was seen as uh, pro-English. 
They were lowlanders. Really? I don't want to get into this, but it's, it's the truth, and that's why in Finger they still say Campbell. A lot of people don't know. So if we get if uh, Patrick listens to this and he he, he, uh, he suddenly explodes, you'll get a uh, Tim Bath with compo when he come at you. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. But no, it's true. I think from a long, long time ago, obviously. But that's why they called him a Campbell because ah. he was they were seen as uh, pro English and all that kind of stuff. Now you know what sticks out in my head with Superglan is a bit like the same thing that sticks out in my head with Star Trek, the original series. William Shatner's stunt double is okay, quite clearly too. not William Shatner <laughs> because the stunt double for Superglan was quite clearly a man. <laughs> I just didn't, I, I don't know. I, I just, you know, as a kid when it was on, I loved, you know, I loved Superman and, you know, no, there weren't no X Men or nothing like that. Yeah, but yeah. I just loved superhero stuff. And it's like, oh, are you taking the piss? Well, That's I, what I always thought it was. Yeah, I mean, it's a very light hearted comedy kind of thing. I pull it in basically because it's one of the only Scottish. Um, children's TV programs apart from uh, well no really yeah the only kind of why don't you yeah why don't you which went on for, for that was the side of you go out in the school that one out I don't want to listen to, to you making about puppets and shit you yeah. know, yeah. know like um, but this the reason why I put it on is because I absolutely think the theme tune is fantastic it's, the best thing it's a great it, thing it? it really is a great uh, great theme tune um, not going to say much more about that uh, it's out on DVD as well if you want to buy it from the wonderful network company uh, who they do brilliant stuff do they really do. good stuff I mean, they do have all the Callan episodes I should point out from our last episode in which they, they didn't they do um, yeah. some great stuff seriously go to network DVD um, I have found some brilliant on our board too um, oh, you've got it there. Excellent. You want to slide that back underneath the microphone? I, don't. <laughs> I find um, that that's funny coincidence. All better. Yeah, apologies for the, the boom, boom, that you've just done. Um, yeah, there's, there's got some great releases. I've just bought a, uh, a very early, 19, I think, 1961 uh, armchair theatre thing with uh, Pat McGowan and John Thor. Uh, it's in black and white. And also um, uh, the bass player and something with Edward Wuwa. Because oh. it was going to be deleted, I thought I'd better get all of them. Yeah, it might yeah. Be good. So our last one, uh, Cal. Uh, now this, the reason why I put it is not a lot of people will know this one, um, but this is the legend of Tim Tyler. <laughs>
A theme tune to uh, Tim Tyler, also known as uh, The Boy Who Lost His Laugh. This was a, mis- uh, a mystery uh, format written by James Cluse and Justin Fafu. Apologies again if I said your name's wrong. It's a German uh, poem directed by Siggy Rothermund. What a great name. And starred uh, Tommy Horner, who was at that point uh, like a, a, a kind of like a boy you know, superstar in, in Germany. Uh, Horst Frank and uh, Richard Lofen. Um, it's obviously a German program, in English dub. There was thirteen, only thirteen episodes broadcast first on the BBC One, shown in nineteen seventy nine in Germany and nineteen eighty three in the United uh, Kingdom. It's based on the children's uh, novel, uh, which came out in nineteen sixty two by German writer James Cruz. The series originally aired in Germany, obviously, as we said, and um, the whole basis of this was that the um, Baron, the bad guy, is played by Horst Frank. Um, Wanted to buy, uh, get hold of Tim Tyler's smile. It's just a lot of things, right? Really away, weird. isn't it? Very popular kid was Tim Tyler, or Tim Thaler, as he in this. I presume you dropped the H in German, I'm not too sure. Um, very popular kid. Uh, he was, you know, he had everything and all this. But something tragic happens, and uh, he makes a deal with the Baron. And in exchange, um, the boy will, um, will, well, the Baron gets uh, his laugh. Um, very weird, um, but... Mainly, is it weird because the fact that it was German and then dubbed? Yeah, well, I, th- I think we haven't saw. I think you know, you grow up. You only want to see English things that yeah, yeah. You can deal with American things at the most. <clears throat> Japanese, but when you saw something that was really European, mm-hmm. and let's be honest about it, at the time, Germans were seen as quite derogatory in Britain at the time. Still, weren't they? Wrongfully. Wrong, I'm not saying it's a good thing, yeah, but yeah. there was a lot of anti-Germanism. Mm. That's sort of all gone now, hasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. We definitely. all joke about now, but at the time, so it was really what, what are these? But you, you knew it was different. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. everyone looked really unfashionable. Like when the when was, <laughs> it's like when the exchange students come from France, weren't it? Yeah, yeah, really weird. They were with the bob haircuts. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what what amazed me as well, the Baron uh, played wonderfully by Frank Holtz had had this kind of like what you know when you see the Terminator and he's got them big black, not fashionable sunglasses, but really big black ones. Yeah, lots of those sort of old people do for the suns and the ones. Do you know what I mean? They're really big yeah. ones. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 the ones that if you're on a grinder, you'd wear them. It's a bit like that. He had them on, but he had like... And he also... That to me reminded me as well. In the space... You know the guy who goes after um, the Martin in the, Short? Yeah, the one who gets Yeah, he does at the end. He goes in after him. He comes and all bones. Yeah, he comes yeah. all bones at Boney. Yeah. Uh, he looked like that. Yeah. But it was really weird. But I was fascinated by it. But what's, what's weird about it as well is, would you would you get away with making a series now about a grown man <laughs> yeah. chasing a boy? Chasing a boy for his smile. <laughs> for his smile. Mm. <laughs> it's, just, it's like only in Europe with that. You would never, you wouldn't get away with it anymore though, would you? Don't no. You'd have to change that story completely, wouldn't you? No, I... <laughs> There's a, 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 just slightly going off topic. Peter Serafinowicz, who, who I think you'll agree, mm-hmm. he's one of the one yeah, of yeah, exactly. great He tweeted the other day. Gary Glitter, fan club, has got their own Twitter account, right? And you know what he turned around? He said uh, something to do with Gary Glitter's books coming out, right? And Peter Serafinowicz tweeted, "Go, is it coming out in a PDF file?" <laughs> They're good. A PDF file. That's very good. And I think it gets, yes, no, no, it's only coming out on a Kindle version. No, I didn't no, get it. I, I think, think oh, it. this has got a lot of that. If you don't know what that's about, then uh, Google it. Google. Um, I, I tell you what, the reason why I've put this in here as well is that there was a time in the mid 80s where there was an awful lot of um, Eastern European yeah. uh, stuff like Norway bringing over strange cartoons. Singing, ringing, truly? Yeah. 
How weird were they? Uh, and they, they were very weird. No, I know they? that my wife is a sport kid. She's mm. a fan of all that European stuff, aren't you? Was you, that, was you were a big fan of like no, like stuff like Norway, where it'd be like a, a strange tree? See, you mean the storyteller one? The storyteller one. The storyteller one. Yeah. Who was that? Who was that? No. The story must be told. No one's doing it in a in a West Country. I was doing But like the Moomins as well. The Moomins was. I used to love the Moomins. With Moomin Trial and Moomin Pop and all that. And there was yeah. definitely some kind of like uh, strange. And the other one that was really good. And the other one that was on that time was, was Heidi. Oh, Heidi, yeah. Remember? And mm. Heidi and her best and, friend uh, Goddick. Oh, yeah. That we used to call <laughs> Girl at School Goddick. <laughs> Even yeah. though Goddick was a boy. Was that uh, Alison? She's fancy, isn't she? Yeah. She, 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 was, she was the person in my history class who uh, who sang, uh, oh, was, it, was it voice of the bee? I want to be the bee in your bonnet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it voice of the bee? I did uh, yeah. No, it was a name of the giants. Yeah, she sang that to me in class. I put that if you like me. And just, Maybe not. Now, no. Google her, put Goddick in, you'll see what <laughs> yeah. kind of standard of women. Oh, she was a better looking than, than Goddick, wasn't it? But there was another one like that as well, wasn't it? Um... Oh, God, what was it? It was really weird. There was loads in the back. There was like all the way on BBC Two. I'm sure there was Silas. Silas Marner. Silas Marner. Silas Marner, which is the book we did to play at school. Yeah, it was just loads yeah. of it. Wasn't um, what was the black Black Beauty? Wasn't that a, uh, a double? Well, there was a flashing well. blade, weren't there? Because yeah. we used to watch that thing on a Saturday morning. Yeah, where they yeah, did yeah. a joke. Mm. What was really fascinating in the act is where people would do funny dubs. <laughs> funny dub version of they used to have it in uh, uh, Who'd it anyway. You'd be the bit that mm. you always wanted to be at the end, yeah, yeah, that was really good. Yeah, but Legends of Tim Tyler is, is really worth Now, you, if you try and search for that on YouTube, it's really hard to find. It's not, yeah, they told me I used to get that theme tune, really, and I had to get it from another sort, uh, which is where I tend to get a lot of these theme tunes. But um, really weird, but really worth trying to find out if you can. Now, uh, other stuff like that, I know Anthony uh, from the Scuttercast and, and Darren was talking about these, was um, Dark Towers. Stories as well, and I remember the, um, I remember the boy. From, do you remember the boy from space? He had like no. silver hair and like a blue. Top oh, you know, on. it sounds like it's right up my bloody street. Sorry, boy, horror, and yeah. I can't. Later I... on, so because Dark, Ta- Dark Towers. The reason why you haven't done Dark Towers on this is because it's going to have a podcast to itself later in the year because it is really, really weird. But it's one of the ones where, like you're saying, I don't quite remember it. But seriously, check it out on YouTube. As soon as you see it, you'll go, Ah, I remember it. But it wasn't when we was at school. They was when we'd probably be in junior school. You know when you go and watch watch TV for some member junior schools, you, they used to be able to actually watch TV. You'd have like a TV part, you know. You know. It'd be brilliant, man. Yeah, I know. And, you get to that. <laughs> and there was another one like that as well, which which again, Anthony, thank you so much for, for reminding me of these. Was um, a Robo story. Now that was the one. I remember I said to you that I really I couldn't remember what it was. It was just like that. a big white helmet with a pair of feet. And and he had a big black helmet. Smile, oh, right? and, and he, but basically, he tried to do jobs and that evil, evil jobs. But he wouldn't be very good. And you'd get low life. You are the lowest of the low. That was Robo Story. Again, when you get like one, check I out do not channel. remember that at all. And that, that's for that kind. I love thinking of robots and that. I know. It's very good. I don't think I remember that. We were the machine gunners. That was the thing. The big thing oh, when God, we were yeah, games, yeah, the machine yeah, gunners. That was really cool. Well, that's the end of uh, end of this part one of this. Uh, second part will be uh, very much later in the year because I'll be damned if we're doing uh, going for this <laughs> shit again after three times of trying to record it. Ridiculous. So I hope you've enjoyed that. I hope we brought you back some memories. If not, tough luck. Um, send us some feedback on iTunes, of course. Like Cal, uh, we've mentioned this, I'm sure we did at the beginning. Who knows? Because it's been so long ago. What are we doing uh, next? the man who would be king indeed and uh, so looking forward to that so if you have comments or you like man who would be king please do email us at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com 
We've got a Facebook group, as you know. Please join it, and please do leave us some more reviews on iTunes. would be great to get into some kind of chart. Um, not overly that bothered. It would just be nice for um, just a little bit of recollection. Uh, something. Even if you get in the chart. Even if you don't like to, it, actually. We even don't if you're in the chart for the least listen to it. <laughs> yeah, to be yeah, yeah, the shittiest podcast. <laughs> uh, that. Now, uh, as we said, we are going to be doing uh, some mini waffles. We're going to do one in, uh, we're going to record one in a minute, which will come out sporadically. Uh, I don't know when. It's entirely up to you. Probably won't even advertise it. I'll just come out right. with now. Um, so here's some promos. Uh, there's going to be some crazy song at the end of it. It could be the Count Dukula theme tune. Not too sure. Uh, we'll see you next for Man Who Will Be King or Mini Waffle. Uh, Kel. Cheerio. Bye bye. What are you singing? <gasps> Have you never heard this? No. It's uh, Flight of the Concords. <laughs> it's it's a it's a song about. After the robots kill all the humans. Okay. And take over the world. And they go, the humans are dead. That's right, they are dead. The humans are dead. I poked this one, it's dead. (laughs) It's good, I gotta make you listen to it. Alrighty then. (laughs) Anomaly. Something that deviates from what is standard, normal, or expected. An oddity. Peculiarity. Irregularity. Inconsistency. Incongruity. A rarity. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And we're the socially functional co-hosts of Anomaly. The podcast with a unique perspective, a female perspective on all things geek. Star Trek. Star Wars. Lord of the Rings. Buffy. Firefly. Gaming. Books. Costuming. And general geek topics. The sometimes monthly, but always entertaining, Anomaly Podcast. Anomalypodcast.com. That was a scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast on iTunes, or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. Uh-huh.